This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUB Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Hello and welcome to this Thanksgiving edition of NFL Friday. I'm Tyler Freire alongside Reed Horner in the studio and Justin Loglin out in New Jersey. How's everyone doing? Doing great tonight. I'm I'm feeling really nice and good. <laughs> I see you up there with your feet on the... I'm, oh, I'm still dealing with my food coma because there's nothing like eating your leftovers from yesterday's. Oh meal. man, me and Justin had a little brief conversation about that. I cannot wait to get home. We have some leftovers from Thanksgiving feast. Cannot wait for that. But we first, we got some football to talk. Three great games on yesterday, all teams above 500. That's the first time that's happened on Thanksgiving since 1992. First, wow. Yeah, so it's it was a big day. There's a lot of meaningful football on Thanksgiving, which Absolutely. Yeah, we haven't seen that a lot in recent years. So I'm going to start with the first game, guys, Minnesota at Detroit, which is a little, uh, was a little weird game starting out. Both teams started out with a touchdown drive. And um, kind of like faded out a bit as the game went on, as the final score was 16 to 13. Uh, I I just I'm not happy with the Vikings right now. They started out five and zero, really really elite defense. People were comparing this defense to the Seattle of 2011 or 12, I believe. They were comparing a bunch of comparisons, and they just haven't panned mm-hmm. out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that the biggest issue for that Vikings uh, team right now is that their offense doesn't have an identity. You know, their defensive front seven is one of the best in the league, and they're having their secondary is really rising up and playing well. But their offensive line can't get the run game going, and their quarterback game hasn't really been all that good this year. What do you think, Reed? I, once the game ended, I tried to think about what's the storyline, right? Is it about the Vikings never meeting those expectations they had? Because at the beginning of the year, they were rolling. Sam Bradford comes to the team for Teddy Bridgewater. Everyone's talking Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. Obviously, it looks like they may be a bust now. But then I realized the Lions are just as big, if not a bigger story. This, I got some stats for you. They are the definition of a coin flip team. They're the first team in NFL history to have each of their first 11 games decided by only seven points or fewer. And they're also the first team to have seven wins after trailing in the fourth quarter. That's, and honestly, nobody had this team as winning the division coming, coming into the season, and they're sitting... Alone at the top of the division with the Packers and Vikings, two very good teams. It's a horrible division. Yeah, it's yeah. a horrible division. Which historically hasn't been a bad division, but this year the Green Bay hasn't worked out the way they they expected. Minnesota mm-hmm. started out hot. Uh, what do you think, Justin? Yeah, I think that this Lions team is really just coming together at the right time in the season. Obviously, as we said before, you know, when you're coming into a lot of close games, you start to worry if this team is like going to be good in the playoffs. But I think that their offense. Can keep it going. You know, you saw Matt Stafford doesn't turn the ball over that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really just, like, peaking at the right time. And this receiving game can just, just explode down the field. Golden Tate yesterday, five receptions for 77 yards. Yeah. And that's only about seven targets. So yeah. that's a really good ratio there. Yeah, Aquan Bolden had a good game, too. Had seven catches for 70 yards. I just think I, this this game was more about the Vikings for me just because of the way they started out. Uh, this This run game is obsolete. They cannot run the ball. Well, Peterson might come back, so that could be a silver lining. I'm hearing that he might he might make a return come mid-December, which if they're still in the playoff hunt at that time, that would do wonders 
for this Minnesota Vikings All team. I want for Christmas is my star running back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they're, they're probably praying for Adrian Peterson right but, now. I mean, we're talking about players that might come back. What about players that left? How do you think Calvin Johnson feels about <laughs> after years and years of being with this team and them having being mediocre? He leaves, and all of a sudden now they look like they're going to finally win the division, or possibly. It, it might have been a year too early for him to call it a call Is it, it a because career? of his absence, or is yeah. that ridiculous to think? Uh, I don't know if it's because of his absence, but... Uh, I don't know. I just think the Lions, they, they have a new new identity, and they're starting to balance the run in the past much better, and their defense got better. So, I but, completely agree with Tyler on this one. I think that the defense has improved a lot from last year and that the offense can finally get the run game going. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't put up an incredible day on the ground yesterday, but 94 total yards and five yards to carry, you really can't complain about that. No, you can't. But that's that's what it was. Some final score, 16-13. to 13. After a late interception by Bradford, led to a Matt Prater's game-winning 40-yard field goal. So uh, right now, Lions sit alone at the top of the division. But moving on to probably the best matchup of the day between another divisional matchup in that in uh, Dallas and the Redskins. So honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about the Cowboys, but after seeing this team through 12 weeks, they're 10-1 and with probably the best rookie quarterback since Russell Wilson and probably one of the best rookie running backs since Adrian Peterson. Both, you can make an argument, are top three in the MVP candidates. And I, I honestly could, I wouldn't put it past them to win, come around and win the MVP because they are both playing like one of the best people in the NFL. And right now, I think Dallas is the top Super Bowl contender. I completely agree. I think that Dallas is currently the best team in the NFL by a wide margin. And I think that it all comes down to the offensive line. The yeah. offensive line has got, in my opinion, three future Hall of Famers on it. And it seems like they're going to be together for a couple more years at the very least. So I could see Dallas winning two, three Super Bowls over the next five years. Wow, oh that's bold! Lord. That's a bold statement. How many seats? Read? How many seats are left on this Dallas bandwagon, guys? Because <laughs> I feel like you've had them had them for a while. Pump your brakes. <laughs> Hall of Famers, Super Bowls, <laughs> best rookie quarterback potentially ever. Or at least recently, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is a very good Dallas team, but they do have their limitations, and they are a product partly of a bad division in general with an inconsistent Giants team, a Washington team that is so horrible at managing themselves they didn't even give Cousins the extension when they could have. I think looking at this team, the number one thing I draw from it, the number one thing I draw from their success is that the value of an offensive line is always underrated because that is what makes this team great their offensive line is the best unit in the nfl i i could completely agree with you reed their offensive line is something that we haven't seen in uh, years of football and this that's carrying them for sure but he's also making a lot of great reads ezekiel elliott you know but i'm not saying i'm not saying ezekiel elliott's bad i'm not saying just dak prescott's bad we need to get over this thing of if i criticize someone or if someone criticizes someone it does not mean i think they're horrible i think dak prescott is the future cowboys quarterback but i'm also looking at how he plays now he has had half as many passes 20 yards or more down the field than romo did while playing what does that tell you that tells you he takes less risk and is less dynamic of a player yes he's safer but safe doesn't win super bowls and ezekiel elliott for as great as a running back as he is he's not the first Dallas Cowboy to get over a thousand yards behind this line. Look at DeMarco Murray. Look at every other running back in the past who's been on this roster recently. I don't know if it's that because they're that great. I think this offensive line really is the heart and soul of a team that could, I agree, potentially win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, what do you think, Justin? 
Yeah, I still think. Look, if you look at four of the last five teams, after, sorry, four out of their last five wins, except for the Browns, are against teams that are at least five hundred. The Ravens, the Redskins, the Steelers, and the Eagles are all teams that are in contention for playoff positions, except for maybe the Ravens. But you look at these teams; these are four of the best teams in the respective divisions and in the NFL. And it seems like the Cowboys handled them all pretty hand easily. Obviously, there were some close games, but. Even watching them play the Redskins, obviously there was a flurry of scores in the fourth quarter, but I didn't think at any point that the Cowboys were going to lose. I think what impressed me most about this team is the way they're playing outside of Dallas. I mean, they they have a lot mm-hmm. of tough road wins at at uh, Pittsburgh, at Packers, at Redskins early in the it's year. It's that running game. It's the running game. It's so easy for not only a rookie quarterback but a game planner to know you run the ball, it's four yards almost every time. I, yeah, I heard Chris Canty on ESPN Radio on Wednesday when they were previewing for, for for Thanksgiving games, and he said you can put anybody behind this line and they'll probably be doing that, if not better, than Ezekiel. Well, it's like a mental thing even. It's not even the numbers they put up, but as an offense, as a team, as a coach coming into the game, having that security that you can get four yards every time you rush makes you feel more confident in, in being a risk-taker later in the game and doing things that you might not be able to. So it just, like, morale-wise helps the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And... They got a big win on Thanksgiving to sit now 10-1 and one on the year. One and shy of their overall franchise record of 11 straight wins. Yeah, and like I said, with, this is with a rookie running back and a rookie quarterback, which is it's unheard of in the NFL. But like you said, with this offensive line, this is probably the best unit. Like Reed said, I think so. They're the best unit in the NFL, and I'm going to go ahead and say it there too and agree with Reed because they are doing a hell of a job. Making sure that Dak is okay in the pocket and not too much under under duress, and making sure Ezekiel, like you said, get four or five yards carry. So they, uh, yeah, they go ahead. They win thirty-one twenty-six. While I was halfway through my Thanksgiving meal, I remember that that game went final, and uh, I was waiting. Wait, did you have the game on while you eat Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, are, you, are you one of those families? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh wow, we were, I just same. Yeah, no, I was there sitting in front of the TV when the game went final, and just remember saying. You know what, this this Dallas team is for real. But we got to move on because there was one more game. And although it lost its uh, its flair a bit when Andrew Luck was ruled out with the concussion, but I don't know, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Tolzin, is that the guy who started at quarterback for, for the uh, for the Colts? I think the only person that really knows yeah. is his mother. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know who he was before today, before yesterday. And uh, it was an okay, it was an okay showing, but Pittsburgh handled them. Antonio Brown, best receiver in the league. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, he had a day yesterday, three touchdowns. I have a question for you guys, a little bit of a game show around, okay? Go. Antonio Brown did something yesterday that only one other player in history has done that was catch three touchdowns, each being no. 20 yards over or more. Uh-huh. One other player has done it. I'll give you even the year. The year is 1998. Who was it against who? Randy Moss against the Packers. Randy Moss against the Cowboys. Oh my yeah. God. In that famous rookie year, you remember when he didn't get yep. drafted by the Cowboys and he's yep. like, oh, oh, like, you're going to be sorry. And then he torches them. Oh, I do remember. So that. close. They were sorry. They were definitely sorry. You want to know why you didn't get that right? What? You have a Clippers shirt on. You were so close. You had the potential, but you just kept slipping away. Uh, I'm sorry, man. You already know. Clippers play tonight. That's my team. But then, you know what? That's basketball. You know what? I'm going to stay away from basketball, even though I can spend the whole show talking about it. But. <laughs> uh yeah, Pittsburgh it, they won pretty handily. It was uh twenty yeah, twenty eight to game. seven. Big Ben, he only had six incompletions, three touchdowns, all to Antonio Brown. And like yeah. I said, when well I didn't say it before, I'm saying it now. When Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are go- get going, it's gonna be hard to beat this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I think they have the best shot 
at knocking off the Patriots in the AFC Championship game because I think it's going it's without a doubt the Patriots will be there. It's just a matter of who they're going to play in the AFC Championship game, and I think it's going to be Pittsburgh, and I think they'll have a shot. What do you guys think? I gotta go Denver on that. I think that the Broncos still have a good shot at upsetting the Patriots just because of that defense. But if it's not Denver, Steelers all day. When that big three of Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown get firing on all cylinders, they're unstoppable. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100. percent But that was that was the games on Thanksgiving. You know, the Vikings lost at Lions 16-13. Cowboys won against the Redskins, and Steelers crushed the Colts. But now I'm going to go ahead and toss it to Reed as he got our first fantasy segment of the day. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Oh, so fantasy football season is in full swing. If you don't have a team, I'm sure you wish you do. And if you do have a team, well, sit down. I'm about to help you for this weekend and tell you a few players you might want to start if you're not doing it already. We're going to start with Big Blue and their QB with two Super Bowl rings, but actually doesn't get started as much as you may think. Eli Manning, he is, well, playing Cleveland, so that should be enough (laughs) of an explanation. But he's also really good in windy and cold situations, something a lot of quarterbacks struggle in. And even though he's not very consistent of a quarterback, I still think he has maybe the best receiving core in the league. And against Cleveland, you can do you can do the math, right? It, it it spells success. And he's also had at least 21 fantasy points in his last three games, so he's definitely riding a momentum of success. Then we're going to go all the way over to Seattle and start Thomas Rawls. Now, I know many of you may not know who he is, but with the wake of Precise breaking his scalpula, Rawls is now going to get all of the carries for the... Elite, I would say, Seattle Seahawks, and then I, I would agree. He's had eight games in his career when he's had over, he's had at least fifteen touches or more, and in, and in five of them he scored at least double digits. So I think he's a safe bet if, say, your starter's out and you need to um, replace him. And then the third guy you need to start is my boy, Wes Welker 2.0, Julian Edelman, <laughs> the Patriots wide receiver. I think, uh, well, he's going up against the Jets, who are an average pass defense at best, allowing 260 passing yards. But I, I have Julian Edelman on my team, and he spent a lot of time on the bench, so I'm happy you said that because I might go ahead and put him in there. Well, now. think about this. Not only is it his personal success, Brady's the number one fantasy quarterback since coming back into in, in, in week four, and there's been Bennett's questionable, Gronk's always questionable. Uh, yeah, he got and, cracked last week, yeah. yeah. And Hogan, who they got from Buffalo, who's been on he's is also questionable. So I think with all of those quote-unquote questions, <laughs> he'll have a lot more targets this week. All right. So that's your, your starts for the first segment of Fantasy. I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to Tom Scabelli as he has his New York Giants report as they face Cleveland this week. It's never easy with the Giants, but they just keep getting it done. They've now won five straight games by seven points or less after their win over Chicago. Many thought it would be an easy game against a depleted Bears team, but the Giants love making things hard on themselves. They were down 16-6 in the second quarter before they finally woke up. In the second half, Eli threw two touchdowns and the defense shut the Bears out. Landon Collins came up big with another huge interception, his fifth over the last four games, to close out the game and secure the 22-16 victory. 
The win felt like pretty much all of the Giants wins this season. The offense looks sluggish and they get down early, but they score just enough to get ahead before the defense slams the door in the final minutes, usually thanks to a Landon Collins interception. Eli Manning on his team's recent play. I'm just proud of the way the guys are finding ways to win. Every, every game's been a little different. Uh, they've all been close. They've all come down you know, to the last series. Uh, and so, you know, offense, defense, everybody's stepping up and doing their part to get wins. Now this week should be easy against the 0-11 Browns, but it never is. The Browns are a desperate team and they'll have Josh McCown, their best quarterback, starting. I still think the Giants will win, but it'll be close all game with Big Blue pulling ahead in the end and winning 27-20. In baseball, winning a lot of close games usually means you're getting lucky and will eventually regress, but that's not the case in football. In the NFL, winning close games is a skill, and the Giants have shown the ability to win the close ones over and over again. With this week's Giants report, I'm Tom Scabelli, WFUV Sports. All right, we're about... Done with that Giants report as Tom Scabelli predicts that they will win 27-20 to against the Cleveland Browns, which I honestly don't see that. I mean, I see them blowing out the Giants when Tom has them at 27-20. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think the Browns aren't a team that you should ever be in any kind of close game with, especially for the Giants right now. Landon Collins, I personally think, should be in the MVP conversation at the very least. <laughs> And if they lose to the Browns or come close to the Browns, I consider it to be a huge disappointment. Yeah, me, me too. I, that's why I don't understand the 27-20 prediction by Tom, but he's he's around this team closely. Maybe he knows something we don't. What do you think, Reed? I think the Giants are the biggest fraud in the NFL. Really? I just don't know how they are. They're 6-3. and three. I feel like they're a 6-3 and three team that should be maybe 500 at best. I think a big part of it's... Um, their division's not too good. I don't think the division besides Dallas, I don't I think Washington's also a pretender. And I think that they've gotten pretty lucky. I don't like their head coach. I don't like the fact that they took their offensive quarter McAdoo and make I hate when teams do that, by the way. Just, yeah, no. I, th I think when you do that, you not only lose a great offensive coordinator, but then you're not guaranteed to have a great head coach. So you actually could lose at two positions. Side note Ford did that. But who, who did that? Ford. Fordham football? Oh, really? Oh, you're right. Yeah, Andrew Bryant. Yeah, he, was, he was the yeah. offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a little bit of a difference between <laughs> uh, college football and NFL, but we can get into that discussion later. That being said, they're playing Cleveland, who I don't even know if they're an NFL team anymore. So <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would agree with you that the Giants would blow them away, but for some reason, I feel this is the very type of game that they're going to blow. And I agree. I, I actually agree with you on some points that – you can look at this Giants team and say they're a pretender right now. But I have a diehard Giant fan in my family, and uh, yesterday he was chewing off my ear. He's my Uncle Billy. Chewing off my ear about the last two times this team has won a Super Bowl. What was their record at this point? Six and three. Six and three. So, yeah, I've seen that stat before, and then I was just reiterating. Okay, reiterating how's this for some stats, okay? Go. The Giants averaged 20.4 points per game. Cleveland only averages even less than four points less at 16.7. The Giants average 35.4% conversion rate on third down. 
the Browns are actually better at 35.7, and they're really? almost equal in time of possession during a game. Only only reason I bring those stats up is because they're so even, and one of those teams is so horrible, and the other is the Giants. So that is why I think they're pretenders, because the numbers do not add up to a 6-3 and three Giants team, which means something has to give way in my mind, because the numbers always end up being right in the end, I believe. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I think I got to disagree with Reed on this one. I don't think the Giants are a pretender team. I think their offense isn't really that good. But that defensive front seven and Landon Collins is elite. They spent so much money in the offseason on that defense. And everyone said, oh, should they have done that? Should they have done that? And I think we can all universally agree now that it worked out. So even if they don't wind up winning a Super Bowl this year like your Uncle Billy hopes, (laughs) I think that they're not pretenders. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm on the fence right now with the Giants. I mean, I would love to see a New York team make a run this year knowing that the Jets aren't going to be anywhere close to the playoffs. So I, I always root behind my New York teams. I'm hoping with the receiving core of Odell and Victor Cruz and uh, I'm forgetting. Who's their third receiver, guys? It's um, it's Odell, Victor Cruz. Oh, I, I, oh my God, I forgot his name. Me too. The rookie out of um, such, such with an O. Yeah. Oh, no, Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, yep, from uh, LSU. Oh, yeah, I, I saw him at the Knicks game. Did you really? Yeah, he's a, I covered the Knicks game against Portland. He was there. Yeah, no, he's yeah, Justin. He's a great football player. Very right wide there. head. <laughs> really? Yeah. Very wide head. Oh, well, I, mean, I wonder wide what head it, for wide <laughs> I wonder what his helmet size is. Probably like a extra extra large. I don't know how that works. But like I said, I don't know. I'm hoping that they're not pretenders. And I don't know. We've seen these giant. We've seen these giant teams in our lifetime come around as come around as being a team that you don't expect to make a run, and then. They win in Green Bay. They beat the 18 and 0 uh, Patriots. Play the Patriots again. Beat them in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm just saying you can't count them out. They're still in the playoff hunt in a weak division. I don't know. I think they'll make a run. That's just me. But I'm gonna go ahead and go to Reed as we have another segment of fantasy. But first, let me find the music for fantasy. There it goes. You don't need to play music. No. 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 Well, then go. Okay, guys. So. Last time I told you who you're going to start. Let's tell you who I think you should sit. First off, I need you guys to do me a favor. Grab the nearest bottle of super glue, rub it all over the rear end of Andy Dalton, push steadily onto the nearest bench, and let dry for 10 minutes because he should not be starting in any league whatsoever. whatsoever. At best, he's an average QB with A.J. Green, maybe the best receiver in the league besides, I guess you guys would say, Antonio Brown. Brown. And A.J. Green is out this week, and Baltimore is no slouch of a defense. So all those being put together, I think Dalton will not be on any roster or should not be on any roster for this coming weekend. Now, at wide receiver, I have a name you might be surprised to hear, DeAndre Hopkins, the Houston receiver, who many thought was the next great Houston wide receiver after Andre Johnson, but as of lately, at least fantasy-wise, has not done that. Over the past five games, he's had seven fantasy points or fewer. And while his quarterback, Brock Osweiler, looks to become maybe the biggest bust of this offseason, I think he's going to really feel the the pain from that, from that mistake of the, of the front office. And this trend of mediocrity will not end against the Chargers this weekend. And that running back... Mark Ingram for the New Orleans Saints. I think he's coming off a concussion, which is never a, a good thing to, uh, to do. Um, he's also going up against a Rams defense that has only allowed one rushing touchdown in the last five games. And on top of all that, he's going to be splitting carries with running back Tim Hightower. So you do the math, guys. Less carries against a good rushing defense. It's going to add up to an unproductive Sunday for the former Heisman Trophy winner. 
Those are my sit-ems for this coming NFL Week 12. And I I like him. Uh, Andy Dalton is this definitely a sit in my eyes. He uh, I had him early in the season as my backup. Dropped him. And I haven't looked back because I think he was dealing with some injuries too as well. I think no, he, no, it's because he's Andy Dalton. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> he's Andy Dalton. Hey, Justin. Gotcha. Hey, Justin. Hey, I thought I lost you for a second because someone was calling back here and I thought I lost you, but I didn't. So how you doing? Hey, what, okay. do, what do you think about I'm those great. suits? Yeah, I think, like we said about DeAndre Hopkins against my Chargers, I consider myself the biggest Chargers fan. East of the Mississippi. Really? He's not lying. We ever we played in the same intramural football game. Was rocking a Manti Teo jersey. Really? How did that happen? On the yeah. field. How did that happen, Justin? Uh, it's because no one really buys them. Oh, there you go, man. That's that. Yeah. That was a dynamic duo. So, I think yeah, the Chargers um, corners this year are playing to an elite level. Dwight Larry and Jaleel Adai can take away the top half of the field. Javier Hopkins, when he's not getting separation, really can't do that much. And Will Fuller, while he's a speedy threat, is really only a foil to him. So I don't think that he's going to be that good this week. And uh, like you said about Dalton, not that good. Yeah, Dalton is. Uh, he had a lot of promise, you know, when he brought the Bengals to four or five. I think it was four straight playoff. Four straight. Yeah, four straight playoff appearances never panned out, and it's actually still really surprising that. Um, the head coach, um, he's, his name is slipping my mind, but Marvin he, Lewis. Marvin Lewis is still there after early playoff exit. After early playoff exit. And, so. and side note, Dalton makes millions of dollars. Somebody needs to fix his eyebrows because those things are the scariest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> Every oh, time I see him with his helmet off, I'm like, put it back on, put it back on. <laughs> oh my god, that was. Oh my god, I'm almost crying back here. That's funny. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I think Andy. I think Andy Dalton. He should rely more. On AJ Green, I feel like he goes away from AJ Green throughout the game, and especially once Tyler Eifert came back, I guess he kind of, uh, kind of um, wanted Tyler Eifert to be the security blanket, so to speak, in these in this offense. But I'm looking here right now. Bengals are one of the last teams in uh, third down conversion, which I think Tyler Eifert would help that, which he's obviously not. So uh, I don't know. I think he should he should look at one of the best receivers in the league on his team in AJ Green and try to give him the ball more. But that's that. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, toss it over to Christian Goey as he has his New York Giants Jets report with WFUV. They've done it again. The Jets have made a decision that not only disappoints most, but also makes no sense. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter again. Yes, the season is over at 3-7. and seven. Yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick has no future with the team. But all that doesn't matter to Todd Bowles or to Locker Room or whomever else. Now that Fitz is healthy, Bowles thinks he gives them the best chance to win. Here's why. He knows more of the system. We can do more things with him. He's been the starter. I don't give away jobs. you got to take a job. Price has gotten better. He'll be ready to play if called upon. Bowles denied that the locker room played a role in his choice. That's still tough to buy given the team's delusional loyalty to Fitz. Maybe the reason is Bowles in the front office just don't think Petty's ready and would rather not rush his development. I hope that's the reason, despite the fact that I still disagree with it. At least it makes more sense in the first scenario. Another reason could be Bowles still thinks they have a shot at the playoffs. But that's so ridiculous, I won't even talk about it. Lastly, maybe it's his job security. Either way, I'm disappointed. Not because I think Petty will be a star. I don't know how good Petty is or will be. 
I'm just sick and tired of watching a dead-end Jets team, one with no hope and no glimpse of what's to come. Anyway, it doesn't matter what I think. Ryan Fitzpatrick will return, and I don't see it being a triumphant return. The Patriots are my Super Bowl pick, which means they are far superior to the Jets for another year. Gang Green will probably put up a fight. They always do, especially at home. But in the end, the Jets lose 24-17. Hopefully, that will mean Petty gets closer to making his own return. Covering the... I'm Christian Goey, WFUV Sports. Alrighty, that was Christian Goey for uh, his New York Jets report. And uh, I know Christian well. We went to high school together. Oh, really? Yeah, back in uh, Tuckahoe High School, Lower Westchester, New York. So I know he bleeds. There we go. Yeah, man. So I know he bleeds green and, and white. And uh, I can hear the pain in his voice, guys. It just sounded rough. This year has been a rough year, to say the least, about the Jets. I think Fitzpatrick got a little too cocky, wanting 15 to $20 million. He ended up settling for one year, $12 million. Comes in, loses a tough game in opening uh, opening week against the Bengals. And then ever since then, it has just been downhill. And I just think this this defense had a lot of promise as well. But like like uh, Christian just said in his report, it's it's the same old Jets every year and year and now. What do you guys think? Yeah, I gotta agree with Christian on that one. I feel like I've been agreeing with so many people today. But Fitzpatrick is an elite quarterback, and he never will be. And I like the fact that the Jets gave him a one year contract because I think that it worked out very well for them. With that being said, I kind of think they should have pursued some free agent options now looking back in retrospect. But I don't really think that they're in any position to make the playoffs this year. And I, don't, I agree with Christian they're going to fall at home. What do you think, Tyler, you talked earlier about Andy Dalton relying on other aspects of his offense to succeed. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick needs to rely on his Harvard degree <laughs> and get another job. His <laughs> NFL quarterback <laughs> is not his forte. Oh, man. Okay? Because yeah. he is thrown almost as many picks as Tom Brady, the quarterback he's going to face, has thrown touchdowns. And Tom Brady's <laughs> been amazing. So yeah. that should tell you. I, I think also Fitzpatrick should never have trimmed the beard. I think he got... Too much money and was like, you know what? I'm no longer going to be this rugged beard guy. I'm going to be nice, trimmed, multimillionaire Fitzpatrick. And it's hurt them. Yeah, I agree, Reed. Yeah. I agree with both of you none, guys. None of those points are valid, by the way. No, I, <laughs> those, no, are, I, those are not actual number breakdowns. I agree with you with the fact that I think Fitzpatrick should go ahead and look at other options in his career because after this season, he's like, on a, he's on a one-year deal right now. There's no shame in selling insurance. No. I no, mean, like Fitzpatrick. No shame at all. I hope, I hope with a Harvard degree he could do more than that, but... <laughs> he's shown you to, to underperform in every aspect of his NFL <laughs> career, so why not professionally oh, as well? You're right. Why not in uh, his I, The reason career? I make these jokes is because the Jets are a joke. I know Christian's finally not here, so I can make all of these digs without a rebuttal. <laughs> but yes, the Jets, yet again, are disappointing. Yet again, are not going to uh, meet expectations. But I will say, after all of that, I've seen them play the Patriots twice every year. Something about it being in the same division or whatever. And they, <laughs> and they always they compete. All, exactly. Always with the And with I the feel Patriots. they always end up winning at least one game a year that we're against the Patriots. Where you're like, are you serious? So yeah, how they win that. Exactly. It's always one of those games. Like, how did this happen? So I actually think that if they lose, it will be close. And I think they actually are, are have a good chance to win. See, I, really? I think... They don't have a chance to win because of Tom Brady. But like you said, they always get up for these games. It'll be close. 
but I can see Tom Brady rolling all over. If Darrell Rivas was playing better, I'd be actually very confident in the Jets. Which that's because a, their Patriots receiving yeah. core is, is really hurt by injuries right and now. And that's another like side note. That I'm glad you brought that up because not a lot of people are talking about it. But Darrell Rivas is a shell of himself right now. What he did with the Patriots when they won that Super Bowl was amazing. He shot. He shut down half the field like how he's like how he's been doing his whole career. And then he comes back to the Jets, thinking it would. Uh, Re- re- revitalize this this team, but it just hasn't happened. What do you think, Justin? I I think that I can't even speak right now. Darrell Revis, <laughs> really, like you said, a shell of his former self, and it's so sad to me because he's something someone that I grew up watching and idolizing. Not that I ever played corner, but when you look at him, he was the top corner in the NFL for so many years. And like you said, for whatever reason, be it age or just wear and tear, he can't. He's lost a step. He can't keep up with guys. And also, he just doesn't play the ball well anymore. There's no. so many times this year where people are going up over him and just posting up. And I can see that go- happening a lot. If Gronk is healthy, if Martellus Bennett is healthy, they like to work those guys to the outside one-on-one, and I think that that's a good matchup nightmare for the Jets. Yeah, the oceans have shrank, and it's no longer <laughs> Rivas Island. It is now <laughs> Rivas Peninsula. <laughs> Easy <laughs> access from one end because <laughs> he is a shell of his former self. But the man's getting older, you know. You say he had so much success with the Patriots, and I'm not saying he wasn't talented at that time, just like he's not talented now. But the Patriots are known for being able to game plan and use and and use the strength of their roster, right? So I think that was a big part of his success. Goes over to the Jets, complete opposite culture, complete opposite res- opposite responsibilities. Yeah. And he's quite frankly getting older on a, in a position where you need athleticism to succeed. I think what they should have done already and they need to do, move him over to the safety position. He still can get the ball, can still be a ball hawk. He's just not fast enough to stay with top-end receivers anymore. I agree 100% with Reed, and that's actually the point I was going to bring up. <laughs> I read but, your mind. But that's the thing. He he was the best cornerback in the league for, let's say, let's call it five years solid. He was the best cornerback in the league. Maybe, easily. Yeah, From 2007 easily. to 2012. Yeah, I was going to say, easily. that He was the best cornerback in the league. Do you think whatever Jet coach is going to go up to him and try to make that move, his ego will come into play? He needs to, for him to really succeed out of safety position, he they can come up to him, but he needs to accept it. I don't know why he wouldn't. A I lot of aging corners have done this. They have. It's prolonged their career. And I think it would be an excellent move for the Jets. But in my opinion, I don't see him doing it. Like I said, he's been the best cornerback, probably the best defensive player for those five years. I don't know why he left. I hope he enjoys all that money because he would have been doing really he, nice with the Patriots He's right now. about his money, so that's exactly why he left. Buy out of my money. <laughs> exactly. No, I think... Go, that go with him going moving to the safety spot, I think it would be a good move. You know, you saw with Charles Woodson in Oakland, but yep. I also think that unlike Charles Woodson, he's not as dynamic as a, or as physically gifted an athlete as Woodson is. But he's also been one of the most consistent downhill run tackling corners since coming into the league. Now he's not Christian Bukamara, like he doesn't light people up, but he can wrap up and take someone to the ground. And if you're playing free safety and you're keeping everything in front of you, he can still play the ball. You know break up some passes, and then line up that defense correctly. There's been so many times this year where the Jets secondary just seems confused as to what's going on. Yeah, no, they, they, they do. part of that is the lack of that request. And people thought that he would help this this defense, who has a, young, a lot of young talent in Sheldon Richardson and Mo, Mo, Mohamed Wilkerson, a lot of Leonard young Leonard Williams. Team. They're the yes, Jets. Leonard Williams, but they're the Jets. You looked at this team going into the season, and but say right now we're saying, yeah, it's the Jets, but like, when when you're going into the season, they always have so much promise. It was it, this year. I, I I could hear my Jet fan 
friends now screaming in my ear, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl, we're doing this, we're doing that. We were 10-6 and six last year. I'm like, okay, let's see. And now look where they are. They're sitting at the bottom of probably one of the better divisions in the league. Same old Jets. I mean, Fitzpatrick is a sh- mm-hmm. is, is completely downhill. I think from this point on, you put Petty in there, you see what you got in Petty, and you call it a day with Fitz, and you you let him go on with his career. But it's the same old Jets, like we've been saying. But you know what? I'm going to... I'm done talking about the Jets because it gets me upset. So I'm going to go ahead and toss over to Reed for the last segment of Fantasy. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Well, I thank you, Tyler. Everyone listening in, go grab the nearest cup of coffee because I do not want you guys sleeping on these next three players like most of your other fantasy players may do. Ryan Tannehill for the Dolphins should be your quarterback if you need one. He's thrown two TDs in both of his last two games, and the 49ers have actually allowed multiple throwing TDs in every single game this season but one. And on top of that, the Dolphins have been riding a five-game winning streak, so momentum will be on the side of this offense. Go start Ryan Tannehill, even if your starter is starting, honestly. I think he's going to really surprise a lot of fantasy owners this weekend. And then we're going to stay in the same division all the way up, though, almost to the borders of Canada. <laughs> Buffalo Bills, you want to start Chris Ivory because mm. TJ mm. Yeldon looks like he may not play. And Ivory has gotten a total of 100 yards in two of his last three games. So not saying he should be your, your starting running back, but definitely a flex option. I like that option. Yeah. Or a running back for a team that is maybe you've lost your starter for injury or for whatever reason. And then for wide receiver, here's a name many people might not know. Rashard Matthews, the wide receiver for Tennessee. Mm. He's been a sneaky contributor at the flex position, scoring at least seven points in seven of his last eight games. Now, that's not obviously a barn burner, but really will help contribute to your team, especially if you need someone um, to replace your starter. Like Mm -hmm. That always happens around this time of year. And Mariota, although I don't think his whole entire year is going to be great, he's he's had certain weeks where he's been great. Um, the last couple of weeks, I sound like Trump. Keep, great, fantastic. No, he he has seen success as as of recently, and I think Matthews will really feed into that and benefit from it as well. So, and if you have a team of everyone's out, just go ahead and start Tannehill, Ivory, and Matthews, and then you can send your thank you letters to me later. <laughs> See, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and send my thank you note to you because. I have three fantasy leagues, so I got a bunch of. Players. I hate that. I, I, I hate that. Get I, one fantasy league. I hate people I that four. do that. Why would you do see, that? See, I agree with Reed now. More opportunity to win. See, it's more opportunity to no, win, but no. it's annoying the living blank out of me because I have so many players moving parts everywhere. More opportunities to win, but what it does, it delegit, it de- it, 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 it what the word? But any win you have, because you have four different leagues. Like, come on. See, I, I'm. I can't even remember who's on my team. See, that's the way I felt, because I just remembered when you said Marcus Mariota. I have him on my bench in uh, my league on Yahoo Sports, I believe. You don't even know the website, because I have exactly. a team. I have one. Yo, I, listen to this. Listen, I have one on NFL.com. I have one on Yahoo. I have one on ESPN, and then I have one on. Um, I forget the fourth one. But, There's another one? Yeah, I think this one more. No. I'm in one league on ESPN with my childhood friend, shout out to Josiah McLaughlin, University of Florida, Ooh. and I'm kicking butt in that go. league. Actually, there I'm not, but I like to think but I am. Back, <laughs> back to my point, though, about Marcus Mariota. He is having a decent year. I mean, 23 touchdowns and eight picks. It's his second year That's in the season. league. Yeah, his second year in the league. A lot of people thought the sophomore slump would play a factor, but I don't see it. Same thing with Jameis Winston. I mean, he's got 20 touchdowns and 10 picks. 
these I think those are the quarterbacks of the future. They're going one and two in um, the 2014 draft, I think it was. And Carr. Oh, and Carr, Andrew too. Luck, Carr, yeah. yeah. I Andrew. think we're going to look back at that draft and compare it a lot to the draft with Marino, Elway, and uh, who's the third quarterback in that draft? The Marino, Justin, LA, just going in with that. He loves the Hall of Fame all-time great predictions with Dallas having a Hall dude, of Famer, this draft having Hall of Famers. See, but like I, I kind of agree with that because they might not be on the level of like Dan Marino and all that, but no, no, no. Marcus, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, and Derek Carr, the future of the NFL quarterback, I think, is safe. And there you got, they got a lot of talent. I think at that Andrew position. Luck is better than all of them, but he just has such a horrible team I think around Luck's him. Overrated. I, I, I agree. I think Andrew Luck is overrated. No, he's not. His team is horrible, guys. He has no offensive line, no defense, no receiving core, no running back. Is forced to do everything on a team that's done nothing for him. See, I, I think that they don't have a line. But I think you put a, you put some weapons around him. They got T.Y. But, Hill. Okay, wait. You said they don't have a line. Dallas has shown you the value of a good offensive line. Come on, man. You, you don't think he's on Dallas's team right now? He's not... The MVP I, of the league. I agree. If you Come put on. if you put Andrew Luck on the Dallas Cowboys team, that is something I would love to see. But you also gotta put also it on, a Texas kid from high school. Yeah, but you also gotta put it on the shoulders of Andrew Luck just for the fact that this is the number one over pick, uh, number one overall pick. He's a cerebral football mind, and yeah, his offensive line's not the best. But there's a lot of <laughs> lines in the NFL that are. Just as bad. There's, he he can make adjustments. That's there's my only point. so much you can blame him for. What's next? Ebola, economic crisis. <laughs> like, come on. Just, a war with Canada. Andrew Luck's fault. It's you, always Andrew Luck's fault. What do you think about Andrew Luck, uh, Justin? I think that Andrew Luck is a franchise quarterback. Do I think he's an elite franchise quarterback? No. So I've always said Philip Rivers is an elite franchise quarterback, and people always disagree with me on that. And I say, look, every single year he puts up consistent numbers in 2000. And 12 or 13, I think it was, he completed 500 yards or more to six different receivers. You never see Andrew Luck do that. Andrew Luck can't complete more than 60% of his passes, and he really can't consistently win games. And obviously at some point, it's also the fault of his offensive line and the receivers and the coaching. But it seems like they're making at least a concerted effort to try to make that team better. And every time they take that next step, it always seems like Andrew Luck's holding them back. Uh, That's right. Yeah, uh... All right, so I disagree. I think Andrew Luck is an amazing quarterback, and you guys are wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go, flat out done. We're wrong. All right, but let's let's go ahead and move on to probably my favorite segment of the day, and that's the pick segment. I don't know if you guys have the games in front of you, but I'll go ahead and read them off, and let's let's go ahead and do it, guys. So right, I got Tennessee and the Bears, Titans at Bears. Who do you guys got? I got the t- Titans winning on the road. Titans as well. Titans as well. Mariota on a roll. Chicago falling off the cliff. All right, moving on. Jaguars at Bills. Who do you guys got? I got to go with the Bills on this one. I think that that defense is tenacious, and I don't think that the Jaguars have anything on offense to, other than maybe some Blake Bortles third and fourth quarter touchdowns, that can actually separate them from them. Most boring game of the week. <laughs> I don't really care, but I think Buffalo will get the edge. Yeah, I, I think Buffalo will go ahead and win. Tyrod Taylor has impressed me a bunch this year, so I see them taking that one at home. Moving on to a divisional matchup, which is this is a juicy one, guys. Bengals at Ravens. Who do you guys got? Ooh, I go Ravens. I think that, that team is one of the most underrated teams in the NFL right now. Their front seven is nasty. Um, Joe Flacco, is he elite? I don't know, but he can win games. And at the end of the day, the Bengals, um, Donovan A.J. Green, 
And like Reed was saying about Andy Dalton, I can't see their offense doing anything tomorrow. Or Sunday, rather. Reed? Juicy, odd adjective, won't be that creepy, but I think the Buffalo, <laughs> I mean, Buffalo, the Buffalo Ravens, no, the, the Baltimore Ravens are actually going to beat the Bengals this week because Bengals are disappointed and no A.J. Green. Everybody has uh, been throwing dirt on Andy Dalton today, but I'm going with him. It's because the eyebrows. In the, I'm going <laughs> with him in the upset at Baltimore. Bengals turn their season around, still in the playoff hunt, by the way, so I think they'll get a good, tough road win at Baltimore. Moving on. Arizona Cardinals at Atlanta Falcons. Who do you got, Reed? Go. Potentially one of the best games of the weekend. I would usually go with Arizona if it's the beginning of the season, but if no, but not right now. Atlanta. Justin? Atlanta all day. I think Atlanta is still one of the best teams in the NFL. I think, obviously, you know, they're, they're not as good as they were. They were not as hot, rather, as they were at the beginning of the season. But then again. Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. But I just can't see them losing to the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are that good or aren't as good as they were last year. But I think, like we said with the Giants, I think the Cardinals are pretenders. See, I think I think the Falcons are getting a flying under the radar, so to speak. No pun intended to the Falcons. <laughs> Intend that pun. That was good. <laughs> um, that was a good pun. I'm going with Matt Ryan, uh, MVP candidate also. So I'm going, with, I'm going with Matt, Matty Ice. So moving on. We kind of discussed it in the midway part of our show, but Giants at Browns. I'm going ahead. I'm going first on this one. Giants are not losing to the Browns. I'm going Big Blue. Reed Browns last second field goal. Giants will disappoint. Really? All right. Wait, Just, what? I predicted, I predicted this two weeks ago. I'm All right. sticking with it. All right. Let's okay. see. Let's see. Justin, who you got? I got Giants. I think that defense is coming together at the right time of the season, and I can't. I just cannot imagine. Them losing. I think if they lose, it's time to the apocalypse. We should all move into baseball. <laughs> when, when the Browns win, I want everyone to tweet me at Reed, R-E-E-D underscore Horner, <laughs> and you guys can all apologize, apologize to me. You know what? I'll, I'll take you out for a nice steak dinner if that happens. <laughs> but You must really think the Giants are going are gonna to win. I mean, <laughs> I, no, I don't see them losing. But you know what? Anything can Chipotle happen. Chipotle doesn't count. Chipotle definitely counts. No, no, it don't. So, moving on. Let's go with Rams at the Saints. Who do you got, Reed? I have the Rams winning. I think the Saints have a really good offense, but that's the only thing good about them. All right, Justin, who you got? I completely agree with Reed. Like you said, Rams, uh, or whoever said earlier in the uh, podcast, that Rams defense hasn't let up a rush touchdown in the past five games. And Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive player in football. And though their offense is terrible, I can't imagine them losing. With that division still wide open, I mean, the Falcons are only a game and a half. Above, I think, New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints here. You got Drew Brees. You got one of the best quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. So I'm going with, with Drew Brees. So you're an Orleans guy, not an Orleans guy? Okay. Wait, how do you pronounce it? I thought it was New Orleans. I thought it was I New, New Orleans. Orleans, well. New Orleans Is it New Orleans or New Orleans? I don't know. No. I mean, you again, you, the Clippers should on. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're wrong. It comes down to that. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on. I got the 49ers against the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, guys. Who do you guys got? Reed, first go. Yeah, the Dolphins. Like I said earlier, five-game winning streak. Tannehill's really shown that maybe good idea to draft them. They're going to win yet again. Justin? I got to go Dolphins on this one. I want to take the 49ers, but I can't see any way that they can win this game. They're actually, in my opinion, worse than the Browns because the Browns at least like try to win games, but the 49ers just seem to walk out there and just go, eh, whatever. <laughs> That's the way it seems. And when you have a... Colin Kaepernick as your quarterback, I think he's done, but that's another it's because story. because they want that number one pick. <laughs> but they do, and I don't blame them. But moving on, I'm going to start with Justin on this one as your Chargers go, to, go. go to Texas to play the Texans. Who do you got? Chargers on the way. Yeah. Um, their, their defense is underrated, and their front side is good after the passer. 
and Brock Osweiler is not that elite. And quite frankly, I think that the Chargers' offense is going to put up at least 450 yards, maybe 500 on this Texas defense. Reed, I'm going to do something maybe it's never been done on this podcast. I'm going to call a tie. We've had Ooh, two ties this wow. year already. There you go. And I believe the San Diego Chargers and Houston Texans will make it a third. That is a bold prediction. And you know what? There's been two, like you said. I mean, it, anything can happen. This is the NFL. All righty. So. Reed, I'll buy you Chipotle if, they, if there's a tie. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to have to buy my own meals for weeks. I love this. Okay. All right. So now we got Chiefs at Broncos in the Sunday Nighter. Who do you guys got? Go, go first, Reed. Great defensive matchup, but I got to give the edge to Kansas City, not because Alex Smith is a dynamic quarterback, but because he's a more dynamic quarterback than what Denver has. Justin? Yeah, completely. I think that the Chiefs have a much more potent offense than Denver does. I think Denver has better receivers, but when, it, when push comes to shove, the Chiefs are going to hold out, win in a late field goal in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was actually going to say that too. I can see the Chiefs winning late in Denver with the lack of quarterback play from Trevor Simeon. I can see the Chiefs coming in. And winning that one. Moving on, Monday night, Packers at Eagles. And I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to say this is a weird game because the Packers haven't been themselves and the Eagles have played better than what the potential, well, better than what people thought. So um, I'm going to go with Eagles. What do you guys think? Reed? I think that. Oh, no, Justin, you can go first. What's up? I think the. I'm going to go Packers on this one. I think the Packers are going to come to the lake and play their best game of football all year. I think that for whatever reason, that this Packers team is getting better now. I think that while their offense isn't that good, you know, they're moving people around and putting Mark Cumbria running back, I think that they can come and come in and get a win. I think the Packers season is just like Aaron Rodgers' public image down the drain. <laughs> I think they've been dropping a lot of games they should win, and this will be another one. Eagles will win this one. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is spending too much time with Olivia Munn. But Jay Cutler I, with the I, ring. That's I, who he is. No, I'm just I, a little I, more talented. I don't I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for that. But that is the Thanksgiving edition of NFL Friday, and that was uh that was our pick segment. But first, before we head out, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, see what you guys got for your um your upset pick of the day being. Who do you guys got? I think I already said mine though, right? Cleveland will beat Big yeah. Blue, yeah, no. game-winning field goal, but also look for San Diego to tie with Houston, just like Justin wants. <laughs> My upset pick would probably be, I don't know how much of an upset it is, Cleveland, but Cleveland. I think that the um, the Chiefs are going to go to Denver and walk out with a win. Oh, come on. That, that's not even an upset pick. Uh, then my upset pick is Packers at Eagles. All righty. Well, my upset pick of the week. Let's see here. I'm going to go with, did I say one already? Oh, I actually skipped the game, guys. I skipped Panthers and Raiders. Wow, I skipped. The I skipped that one by accident. That but might be one of the best games of the week. Too, I, think. I know, and I can't believe I skipped over that. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Raiders are going to win that one, even though they're the favorite. I don't have an upset pick right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of one, but I'm also trying to get this outro music up at the same time. So, for the NFL Friday edition of. Oh, well, Thanksgiving edition of NFL Friday. I'm Tyler Friere alongside Reed Horner and Justin Loughlin. It was a great time, guys. What do you guys have to say to our, our listeners as we uh, head out here? Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the rest of your break. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Remember, follow me at Reed underscore Horner <laughs> so we can all discuss about why <laughs> I know so Loughlin. much about football. There you go. <laughs> all right, guys, it was a great show, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all. This is a product of WFUV Sports. I'm Tyler Friere alongside Reed Horner and Justin Loughlin. Have a nice day.
This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.